giant triplets of racism, extreme materialism, and militarism are incapable of being conquered. George Bush doesn't care about black people. History Month, but we don't have a White History Month. Well, all we've ever been taught is white history. If it was not for the love and respect shown to me by black women, those right-wing, ultra-conservative, alt-right haters, they would have me believe I'm too black, I'm too confrontational, I'm too tough, and I'm too disrespectful of them. But now, I know I'm simply a strong black woman. a time where corporations are treated like people and people are treated like things. They promote legislation that attacks voting rights, the poor, LGBT citizens, the immigrant community, and civil rights that are lewd, mean-spirited, and fundamentally contrary to what our democracy is supposed to be about. What is bad is not what they are doing. What would be bad is for us not to fight back. Hey ho, let's go. This is 102.3 WHIV. This is Resistance Radio. We are proudly broadcasting live on 1230 AM WBOK. If you are tuned in on 1230 WBOK, thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for listening to WHIV. Thank you for listening to Resistance Radio. I am Mark Allendary. With me, as always, today is without question the smartest but really not such a great dressing man uh, in New Orleans. The smartest political political mind in New Orleans, as well as uh, looking very dapper uh, in his Argyle uh, uh, sweater, who was talking to me literally seconds before we were about to go on air, so I actually didn't hear the last part that you were saying. I think also hilariously, I don't know what just happened, but I just got a blue screen of death from my computer, Uh which is fantastic. Yeah, uh, Um, the Lenovo. uh, So hopefully... Hopefully that will uh, do about that because I have to go to work tomorrow. (laughs) um, That being said, this is, as always, this is Kenny Francis, uh, who is founding member of Indivisible NOLA. Also, uh, we, uh, Kenny and I had the amazing opportunity and you guys hopefully maybe have uh, have seen or heard uh, that uh, Kenny and I went last week to go meet with uh, Mayor Cantrell and had an amazing opportunity to interview the mayor and really talk about some really detailed um, aspects uh, regarding uh, tax dedication, fair share, and action New Orleans. And we're actually going to spend the hour today playing uh, the whole interview or however much we can get to it today, and then we'll finish it off next week, uh, in which Kenny and I are going to kind of dissect out uh, what was uh, being said uh, and, uh, and, and, in, and interpret 
to the best that we can because this is really somewhat complicated stuff yeah. and uh, and Kenny and I really do a good job I think of trying to get her to explain it and then Kenny and I have been sitting for the past couple weeks studying this stuff so um, I think our goal is to really help make it somewhat digest taking tax policy which is the most unsexy thing in the world and make it sexy because it's really rooted in a lack I of tax is sexy. I, well I don't and uh, <laughs> but like I say you're kind of odd so that's okay uh, but uh, the issue here is for those of you that that hear tax policy and your eyes glaze over let me say that the reason why you hear our enthusiasm for it is because a large part of the tax policy that has uh, been in place here in New Orleans for decades if not possibly even centuries but certainly decades has been rooted in inequity and has been largely rooted uh, in racial injustice and I think that that is where core problem of what's of what lies with uh, with New Orleans and uh, and that's my opinion at Kenny yeah I mean so here I want to respond to that then I want to back up for a second okay um, but I first want to respond to that by saying I know that folks generally believe that tax policy and tax and just talking about taxation like isn't sexy or it's boring or whatever but I folks need to remember that taxes are kind of the whole game because it's talking about essentially what taxes are. It's like what we as society are deciding to do with our shared revenue and also who has to contribute to that shared revenue. That's sort of like the brass tax of what taxes are. And it's if, if we don't pay attention to it, which the average person doesn't, that's how you end up in situations where people who are supposed to pay their fair share don't pay their fair share because they're the ones paying attention to it. They're the ones spending the money and the resources and the time to make sure that those laws and those um, dedications and the ordinances are written to benefit their needs and the needs of the people that they're trying to represent, which is usually not everyone. It's usually not the average working class person in a city or a country. Um, and so I wish that more people found tax reform and tax um and like tax legislation as like a sexy idea because you you don't hear about it the way you hear about other political issues. But how about in the a, way in you a, hear about football? And, and, and exactly. And then in a lot of ways, it's 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 one of the more one or more consequential things. Like this is it is like, the like taxes thing. aren't just the thing that you have to submit you know before April fifteenth every year. That's like annoying to do. It's it's a huge 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 thing that impacts literally how our economy works. But before before I go on a rant, I want to do want to back up and say, hey everyone, thanks for listening for another week. Um, as a reminder, you can find this episode and all episodes of our show as a podcast after we do this live version of it online. Um, an update on that is a couple weeks ago, we talked to you guys about how Mark Allen has been working on getting the station migrated onto having every show be a podcast. And we were a little bit concerned that when we were switching things over that the iTunes stream, wherever else you stream this podcast from, would get interrupted. Good news, it didn't happen. Um, we we were all shocked. We by did that. <laughs> we did that we did the switch over, and then nothing happened. None of the shows are lost. None of the the yeah. streams are interrupted. I checked it myself on my own phone on iTunes, and all of the shows are still there, including the most recent one with Mayor Cantrell, which you can hear the full the full interview in its. Um, it's like twenty two minutes. Yeah, it's like twenty two minutes. Um, you can hear the full version of that. It's on online on iTunes and other places you can find your podcast, as well as a new place that you can find all of the episodes is on whivfm.org. And then um, you go to On Demand, and then you go to Resistance Radio, and you'll, and find, you'll find all, all the episodes. And so I just wanted to give folks that, so that little context before we jump in. And like Mark Allen said, 
last week we did get a chance to sit with the mayor. Uh, we got about 22 minutes with her. Turns out the mayor's kind of busy. <laughs> turns out, turns out she's kind of busy, and she has stuff going on. And you know, running a city is like really, really time-consuming, complicated, and complicated. And there's a lot of <laughs> it takes meetings, a lot and of things. time. Right. Um, but meeting so, with us was like. That was that was cool. There was a little yeah. bit of time during her day yeah. where she sat down with yeah. just two two Random just you dudes. and I, <laughs> yeah, <dudes. laughs> like to sit down and really take some really take some real some time to really thoughtfully and intentionally yeah. talk to us about what tax dedications are about. And, I, and before we sort of jump into the interview itself, I want to say one more thing that I said uh, at the beginning of the episode with the mayor. Um, if you've listened to it already, if you're about to listen to it, and I want to say it here again is that we intended on having sort of a wide ranging conversation with the mayor on a host of issues. However, when we found out exactly how much time we were actually going to be able to have with her, which was, like we said, only about 20 minutes, 20 minutes is not a lot of time. Um, we had to so, kind of pare down. And so we basically we decided to talk about like one thing, really, for deeply. As, as deeply as we could in that amount of time. Um, and we hope and we very much invite the mayor to continue this conversation with us about the most pressing needs in the city and about what she's thinking um, and planning for her administration and, you know, the pushback and the support and et cetera that we all have for that. And so thank you to everyone who did reach out and say, hey, ask me about this or, hey, I care about this. Can you talk to her about this? Um, I, I just wanted to acknowledge that, that we did not have this sort of expansive conversation that we thought we we're going to have. But I think the conversation that we did have was very important. And it was basically just about taxes and about how New Orleans is not getting its fair share and about how, how we got there and about the things that need to change and the things that people need to learn about in order for that to change. And we're going to get into that in a minute. All right. So did you want to make a Super Bowl joke? <laughs> I just think that like, you know, it's like well known for anyone who knows me that I don't care about football at all. Um, and that's just not to say well, I don't I care about you, sports. I thought you like soccer. Because I love, I love sports. Like I, I'm a huge soccer fan. I'm a huge basketball fan. Oh, American football. I could, I never really cared about the NFL or American football at all. And then when they went full racist, it made it really easy for me to just, you know, completely not care. By full racist, you meant that people weren't allowed to kneel. Well, no, they 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 went full racist. Like, I mean, because at this point, okay, I, I try. Let's get to that. I, I try not to be the the bit like the biggest like um, downer downer on people's football. But at the end of the day, you do like a game that like a bunch of like rich old white dudes profit off the suffering black athletes and all that. You know. Okay. It's, okay. So and I, also they it, wait. No, I have to say this because you started me. Two things about the NFL. A they literally suppressed data and science that showed what the concussions were doing to players in the 90s. They spent a lot of money doing it. And B, the whole Colin Kaepernick thing. I'm just saying. Okay, it's, yesterday saying. I um, I went to boycott ball, bowl and I found my way kind of like sort of backstage. I just kind of was like, I hope doop, all doop, those doop, people doop, doop. registered the vote. Yeah. I hope every single one of them. And are. it was so cool to see the mayor on stage. It was cool to see her dancing, uh, Big Frida. Uh, the rapper Choppa, I'm not familiar. Choppa, yeah, Choppa. He, he wrote the song that everyone, yeah, that everyone is into and stuff. Partner, partners in crime. That's uh, is that a New Orleans partners in I crime? Don't, or, I don't, yeah, I don't know what you're about. yeah. So it was just it was great and it was it was amazing civic pride yesterday, uh, and uh, it, it it felt nice to be out and, and seeing that yesterday. So yes. we we really need to get started on this. Okay. So uh, question number one uh, is is that we're going to talk about here, and if you're tuning in, this is WHIV. Where this is Resistance Radio. Mark Calendary, Kenny Francis, uh, and we are going to review uh, our um, our interview with the mayor. 
mayor and uh, the question number one, Kenny's asking the mayor and wants to know about the uh, what the city of yes means uh, to the mayor. And so here we go. appreciate you giving me some time. Absolutely. Um, so I want to jump right in because I want to use mm-hmm. our time with you as um, efficiently as possible. So my first question for you is you talk a lot about a city of yes, mm-hmm. and I would love for you to talk about what, what does that mean when we get down to like what that sounds like, what that looks like, mm-hmm. what that feels like, what, what does that mean? Um, well, it means multiple things. On, on the front end, it means that um, everyone in our city matters and should be treated as such. And when they interface with city government, they should have the not only the sense of or the feeling but the efforts coming from city government that we're doing everything possible uh, to address and improve their daily quality of life Uh, and from a perspective of of yes uh, not no uh, not giving you every reason why something cannot be done but really trying to figure out how we can address whatever concern whatever problem what challenge or even just you know general help giving it all that we can as a government with the spirit of, of yes, because that's why we're here to serve. And oftentimes uh, it's been where our residents feel like it's walking through the door, it's no, and having to fight mm-hmm. to get to yes, mm-hmm. you know, and eventually getting there, but why does it have to be so hard? And so trying to eliminate and alleviate any of those barriers that would keep Uh, a citizen from feeling like we're working against them instead of working with and for them. Uh, And just inclusion, uh, that yes, everybody matters, uh, no matter who you are, no matter who you love, uh, that yes, you should be able to live and afford to live in the city of New Orleans. You know, yes, you should be able to uh, obtain a, a livable wage regardless of where you work in the city. Yes, you should have, you know, adequate transportation options so that you can not only go to and from work, but to, 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 to play, to, you know, to, to recreate, to, to just live. And so uh, just changing the culture and the spirit of how we see ourselves and how government sees her people. <coughs> and, Sorry. and so I, th- I think a couple of things that, that, that shows, Sorry. Tells, tells us down there is about, um, the mayor's priorities and essentially if you in I guess the framing I want to give this is if you like listen to everything that her administration has been saying over the last couple of months essentially what they're saying is there's like a few key areas that they're really trying to focus on in her first term and specifically like in the first couple of years the areas of like one increasing um our investment in infrastructure two increasing our investment in sort of like the in early childhood early childhood care um, or specifically early childhood education. Um, three, they're thinking about like affordable housing. And then like four, there's sort of this bucket of like social services of things like creating more like mental health beds in the city, things like addiction treatment, things like coming up with proactive ideas of how to battle our, our, like a homelessness issues. Um, and so those are sort of the things that her administration would like to invest in. But essentially what they're saying is, and what this fair share campaign is saying is, as a city, we can't currently do that with our budget because we don't have the money the way the budget is currently constructed to to do those things. Like with something like, for example, infrastructure, to do the overhaul of the sewage and water board and the pumps and all of that is like $100 million. We don't just have like $100 million laying around in our regular city budget. Um, that takes more money. But what the fair share campaign is about, as I understand it now, is what it's about is that 
it would be easy for an administration to come in and say, let's raise property taxes X amount. Let's raise this taxes X amount to pay for that. Typically, what you typically see is like, I want this new millage, this new tax to pay for this thing that I promise you will be fixed at the end of it. What she's saying and what this whole campaign is saying is that there is money to pay for these things through the way that we normally collect taxes. Unfortunately, a reality that we're living in is that the way that our taxes are dedicated are in ways that a lot of the money that our city is raising doesn't come into the city coffers, into the general fund, and is able to be spent by the city on things like fixing the punts, on things or like- Maintaining. Or maintaining. The, maintaining or the, or roads the, or- Yeah, all the things that aren't getting paid for, th- th- this money is leaving. Um, so so for, for example, for every dollar that comes into New Orleans, that would be a tourism dollar, uh, it is not recycling itself back into uh, New Orleans in the form of revenue. I, uh, uh, for example, uh, in the various taxes uh, in goods and services that are paid out, uh, that money, instead of going back to New Orleans in the form of going to City Hall, so that City Hall can utilize that money for various uh, infrastructure maintenance and repair, uh, for stuff for transportation, for fair housing, for what have you, what it ends up doing it ends up over the course of years for many many years decades that money has been in in a stunning lack of transparency has been moved around and shifted around into some very unaccountable uh um uh, accounts uh, and entities and structures uh, that essentially what the mayor is trying to do is just trying to reclaim those taxes back again. Yeah, and I think I want to say here is that like regardless of of where your personal politics lands, you know whether you think that the mayor's um, platform and her um, priorities are not progressive enough or too progressive for you like it, like regardless of where you fall on the spectrum. This is an this tax dedication issue is an issue that should matter to everyone because the simple the simpleness of it that we should all as citizens taxpaying citizens here is that our tourism um, economy raises a lot of money. It is the main economy of New Orleans and the state of and Louisiana. The, and the without state, Louisiana, yes, because like let's let's be clear, yeah. without the state of right. Louisiana, no, no one's going no one's going without to New, Zachary, without right? New Orleans, the, there is no state of Louisiana. Right. The Shreveport state of, is not a high high this, high tourist place. As as cash strapped as Louisiana is currently, if New Orleans seceded and became its own thing, it would. Be bone bare. Right. We are Louisiana. Right. And that's part of why the state consistently tries to siphon off money that's, from the money that we raise. Which here. is hugely um, part of what because we're the largest revenue stream right. in the state. My point here being that regardless of where your politics fall, you should care about this. Yes. Because the reality of what's happening is that our city and the people that make our city the amazing but frustrating, but amazing and just like I mean, just look at what yesterday was with all those people. Like the place all the people that make New Orleans what it is and all the different types of people that that, that encompasses and all and the revenue yes. that that raises for the millions, the almost 20 million people that visit our city every year. Like, think about that. We're a city of 400,000 people that almost 20 million people visit every year. That like That's the kind of pull that we have. All that money isn't coming back to take care of us. A lot of that money is being siphoned off, and we're going to explain in a little bit. Um, 
as we get as we get further into an interview with the mayor about like what's happening to that money. And then I just want to plug this. We're going to do a follow up episode next week where we're going to do a real deep dive an hour, like the whole hour on just the taxes. Right. But right. But that. I think we're going to probably end up having to do it's going to be a this. series. Right. It's going to be a series thing. of stuff. This is it's complicated stuff. So it, it, in essence, what I got from that first answer was essentially the mayor just basically saying that the city is open for everybody, whereas traditionally in the past, the city was um, mostly open for certain groups and somewhat n- less opened uh, for other uh, individuals. Well, and- I, I guess I want to amend that a bit to say she's trying to do that. Cause the, okay, that, that's, that's fine. That's not where I we're think, at. And well, I think that what she's speaking to is the two New Orleanses that people know about. Everyone knows about the two New Orleans where you've got the wealthy white New Orleans and you've got like the poor black people of color New Orleans. And those two New Orleans are treated and have always been treated very differently by our city governments. And, and what she's trying to do is to make it be like this New Orleans is a place where regardless of your background, that it's a place of opportunity. It's a place where you're getting what you need. And it's a place where we're taking care of people. Right. And and I think part and of that city of yes as well was kind of like right when they first took office, they put a, they put a rainbow flag outside uh, of City Hall as well, which was, I think, something that was quite unique, uh, not j- probably for City Hall uh, in, in, in New Orleans, in the, in the history of New Orleans. So the next question we're asking here is, uh, if we are not currently a city of yes, then what essentially is holding us back? And, and what's coming up next is Mayor Cantrell's answer to that. And so with that, you spoke about barriers. Mm-hmm. Um, I think... The issues that New Orleans faces are, I think we have a sort of a unique situation in New Orleans where you can see them, right? You can see folks not being able to get transportation to school, to work in, in school. You can see that people are having issues finding housing, the blight, the lack of infrastructure, and the issues go on and on. I think one of the most pronounced things about New Orleans and the issues that we face like a lot of urban cities is that you can see them very obviously. Like every time it rains, we see that problem pops up. And so I want to talk a bit about those barriers. Like, why can't we do that? Why aren't we a city of yes? What, what's holding us back from that? Well, what's holding us back is really one, um, for a long time, there really hasn't been a focus on it, right? So it takes time to change the narrative, but to change the culture around uh, eliminating those barriers and also for who. Mm-hmm. So the city of yes is really speaks to everybody, like everybody matters. So a certain segment or a certain group within our population should not have a greater disparity than, than exists in other places throughout the city. Uh, and so um, I think uh, you said, why has it been? Well, you know, hey, the history kind of speaks for itself. I mean, we are um, um, uh, within the Jim Crow South, um, Deep South, uh, you know, segregation was here. I mean, all these different fractions have been a part of how the system was designed and who the system benefited and or who the system doesn't benefit. So breaking down those barriers to one where the system should benefit everyone. And that's a part of um, how I feel that I'm leading. Uh, one, trying to uh, address the issues of infrastructure. You mentioned that. Uh, but who has to pay for that? Uh, it should be uh, a something that's shared particularly when you look at the revenues that that are generated in the city of New Orleans that um, uh, really fuels the economy, not just, you know, locally, but for the state of Louisiana. But 70% of those dollars that go to state entities 
that are even in New Orleans, but it doesn't impact the infrastructure in a, in, at the pace and level that it should. And so um, creating more a balanced approach and a fairness, you know, as it relates to that. And, um, and that's what we're working on. And so with that, can you explain then what fair share is mm -hmm. and, and what the process is by the tax dedication and, uh, and, and help us understand that process so that we can help let our listeners understand? Because it's complicated. And when you look at some of the reports and you see where the different taxes are coming from and where they're going, it, it really requires a lot of effort to try to understand that. So maybe help us understand that I process. I will, and I'll, I'll do it as best I can. But the bottom line is that the city retains one 1.5% of every dollar that's uh, generated uh, in the city of New Orleans. And so uh, based on an industry that leads this state, um, the city doesn't um, benefit um, as these other entities do. Um, we have a population now 404,000 people in the city. Uh, over the past year we've seen 18 million visitors. So surely uh, 400 and 400,000 people cannot sustain 18 million people. Uh, so you look at that alone and you can see that the city needs more revenue so that she can take care of herself, her own, you know, her families, her streets, her roads, her drainage, her transportation uh, options in the city. And so I'm not advocating for all, I'm advocating just for a little bit more of what we generate uh, so that we can take care of ourselves. And it's really just that simple. And visitors even come and say, oh, well, you know, the streets are horrible. You know, um, the, I'm at a restaurant, it's a boil water advisory. Uh, I go get a drink and, you know, I have to wait on ice because it's coming outside. And so all these things the visitors see, but also the residents who live here, we see it too. Uh, because uh, we see our neighborhoods that are filled with blight. Uh, we see uh, we're also impacted by the boil water advisories, our children, our families. Uh, we also drive on these streets that impact our vehicles, you know, that we have to pay for and sustain. Uh, our homes that we live in are prone to flooding due to rainwater. Uh, we have an urban water plan. Yes, we have the plan, but it's an unfunded mandate. So there are things that we need to have done in the city, know where those dollars need to go. But uh, the challenge is getting those current dollars that are generated already redirected to help the city. If you're tuning in, this is 102.3 WHIV. You are listening to Resistance Radio. We are probably streaming live on 1230 AM WBOK. If you're tuned in on WBOK, welcome to Resistance Radio. My name is Mark Allendary. That's Kenny Francis. And today we are going over an interview, that an amazing interview that we had with Mayor Cantrell. And what you're hearing are clips of, of that interview. And what we uh, just heard uh, the mayor talk about was essentially uh, some of the barriers to us being a city of yes as well as her beginning to break down what some of the taxes and what some of her priorities are. Um, and so, again, we're going we're gonna to go into this more deeply because this is a very complicated issue that um, Mark Allen's going to chime in here in a second and say that it's not a bug of the system, it's, it's not a bug of the system, it's a design of the system where the way that we do our taxes and the way that we collect